0: been some volatility in the markets, uh, as is pretty much uh, normal now. The Dow was up about 450 points today, uh, but that didn't even erase all of yesterday's 600-point decline. But the the big news that is completely being uh, ignored is what's happening in gold stocks and in gold. I mean, today, The GDX, which I've talked about on this podcast as an index of uh, gold miners, uh, hit a new high for the year. In fact, it's at a new seven-year high. And if you look at how much the index has moved up since its March low of about a month ago, the index has now doubled. So gold stocks have doubled in price in a month. Now, granted, they doubled- from a price that was low because they went down. But you would think that given the fact that gold stocks have doubled in a month, that there would be some coverage uh, of the gold stocks. I mean, take CNBC, for example, which is a network that prides itself on being a network for investors, right? Trying to make sure that its audience uh, knows about uh, investment opportunities. You would think that they would be covering gold stocks like hey you know what well, maybe we should get our viewers to buy gold stocks i mean after all what should be the most obvious no brainer right if you are an investor right you're investing in the stock market given what's going on right now what is the obvious investment that you should make right the most obvious and that would be gold stocks right i mean clearly everything that is happening right now in the economy with central banks is extremely bullish for gold, right? There is no question about it. In fact, I think just yesterday, Bank of America, uh, their analyst came out and put a $3,000 price target on gold over the next 18 months. Now, this is Bank of America. This isn't Peter Schiff, right? This isn't some crazed gold bug. This is Bank of America. They're coming out and saying, Gold's going to go to $3,000 in 18 months. Now, it's at 1750 now. That is a big move. You would think somebody would be thinking, holy crap, maybe we should buy some gold stocks. Where will these gold stocks be? If you are an investment network and you're covering the stock market, how can you completely ignore the one sector that is really on fire? And in fact, it hasn't even started to burn Uh, compared to what it's going to do. You look at the charts right now for both gold and gold mining stocks. They are just breaking out. I mean, it looks to me like a moonshot can happen any day. I mean, talk about a coiled spring. You have that in these gold stocks. So we are about, I believe, to make this huge move. Yet nobody is talking about it. Nobody is saying, hey, buy some of these gold stocks. No, 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 no. They're still focusing on the stocks that did well during the bubble the stocks that did well as the fed was inflating the bubble those are the names that they're constantly talking about why don't they try to figure out some of the new names that are going to succeed uh given uh this new reality of endless money printing qe infinity zero percent interest rates multi-trillion dollar budget deficits uh Fiscal irresponsibility on the part of both parties, right? Trillion, multi-trillion dollar deficits as far as the eye can see. No opposition. Both sides of the political aisle wanting helicopter money. How can you not see how bullish this is for gold and how you cannot be loading up, right? Talk about backing up the truck and, and buying these stocks. Yet they don't even discuss it. I mean, it barely even comes up. I mean, what other stocks have doubled over the last month? I don't know if there's any stocks other than gold stocks. I mean, maybe there's some. I mean, I don't follow them. I mean, but you have a whole sector that has doubled, not just a stock. All these stocks, some of them have more uh, than doubled. Look, I know a lot of people, you know, uh, they want to dismiss what's going on in gold because people like me, right, we've been bullish on gold for a long time and so people like to say, ah, you know, well, so what? I mean, Schiff's been wrong about gold. I mean, first of all, I haven't been wrong about gold. Gold's at $1,750. Yes, it's not at $5,000 yet, right? I, I started recommending gold that was under, under uh, $300. The first time I was on CNBC with, with, with uh, Mark Haynes, it was under $400. And I remember in that interview, and you can still find it on YouTube, uh, but uh, I started talking about gold. And Mark Haynes said, who cares about the price of gold? Why should I care about the price of gold? That's what he told me. Who cares about it? And I said, you should care. I talked. I pointed out you know, how much it had gone up you know, since the last time I was on the show when, I, when he when he said, who cares about it? And it was still under $400 an ounce. Um, and, and so now it's over $1,700. And it's going much, much higher. Uh, but I said to Mark Haynes at the time, who has you know, since passed away, But I said to him, you know, one of these days you're going to care. Now, apparently he didn't live long enough, uh, unfortunately. uh, But those of us who are still around who didn't care, people are going to care. But by the time they care, it's really going to be too late uh, to salvage their wealth because the price is going to be so high. But people like to point to my $5,000 goal call. You know, I was on CNBC. Uh, back when they still had me on. It was probably maybe, I don't know, 2010 or whenever it was. And gold was probably 1,600, 1,700. It was near the peak, right? And I had been, of course, I'd been recommending it, recommending it for years. And I go on a show and they say, where's gold going to go? And I said, I think it's got, you know, 5,000. I'll come up with a number. And they want to press me. Well, when's it going to get there? I don't know. Well, how long? I don't know. A few years is what I said. A few years. Obviously, it's been more than a few years. I mean, it's 2020 and we're not at $5,000. And so they like to say, oh, you see, Peter Schiff was wrong. uh, And therefore, he doesn't know what he's talking about, right? He's completely worthless. He's a stop clock. He's been wrong about everything because he said gold was going to go to $5,000 and it didn't do it. Well, first of all, if getting one price prediction means that you don't know what you're talking about and nobody should listen to you, well, then nobody should have any guests on CNBC or any of these networks because there are plenty of people that have come on there and made a forecast uh, about the price of a stock and it turned out they were completely wrong. That doesn't discredit them just because they got one thing wrong. But let's go back and talk about why uh, I got that forecast wrong. Why gold isn't already at 5,000. And, you know, I think it's going, I think it's going much higher You know, look, I just said the guy from Bank of America says that it's going to be at 3,000 in 18 months. Well, what if he's wrong? What if it's at 5,000? I mean, that wouldn't make him wrong. That would just mean he wasn't bullish enough. But if gold can go to 3,000 in 18 months, who's to say it can't go to 5,000? Nobody. And let's say in 18 months, gold is at 5,000. Was I wrong in 2010 when I said, I think it can get to 5,000 in a few years? Technically, yeah, because it's more than a few years. But, I mean, I think that the fact that it got there at all in the time frame that it did would validate what I said. But you have to remember and keep everything in context, right? The reason that I thought that the price of gold, which was rising as a result of QE1 and QE2, the reason I believed at the time that it was going to keep going up was because I believed the Fed had no exit strategy. I believed that then that the Fed was never going to be able to normalize interest rates, which is what it was claiming it was going to do. And I believe the Fed was never going to be able to shrink its balance sheet like everybody thought it would do, right? Now, we now know that I was right about that, right? Uh, But at the time, very few people agreed with me. Certainly nobody uh, of any stature on Wall Street agreed with me. Everybody agreed with the Fed. And so what happened in 2011 when Ben Bernanke really convinced all the fools on Wall Street and around the world, that their monetary policy was a success and that the Fed was going to be able to unwind the balance sheet and normalize interest rates, gold collapsed, right? Gold sold off. It got all the way down to 1,050-ish uh, by the end of 2015, all because people believed the Fed's lies. Now, was I wrong for knowing the Fed was lying? Because I said the Fed could never, normalize interest rates or shrink their balance sheet. I was right about that. But I was wrong about other people realizing it sooner than they did. Right? It was the people who believed that the Fed could shrink its balance sheet and normalize interest rates. They were the ones that were wrong, but because they outnumbered me, the price of gold went down initially instead of going up. And you know, for years I assumed that people would figure out that the Fed had lied to them. I kept waiting for the markets to realize that the Fed could never do what it was claiming. And then even when the Fed started to raise rates in 2015, they waited all year. They just they just delayed, delayed, delayed. They were looking for three to four rate hikes in 2015. They only got one. And then they waited again a whole year to do the second rate hike. And the Fed kept stalling and stalling and making up excuses. And I kept waiting for the markets to figure out what I already knew that the Fed could never accomplish its mission. But the markets didn't figure it out. And even after the Fed had to abort the rate normalization process and cut rates three times in 2019, and even after uh, they had to go, uh, you know, give up quantitative tightening and go back to quantitative easing even before the coronavirus, the market still didn't get it. Well, now with the coronavirus, with the uh, Fed at zero, right? And with uh, um, you know the balance sheet exploding, now people are gonna finally get it because it's impossible. Nobody can be so dumb as to not get it now. Right now, I think it's going to take a little bit more movement in the market, but the world is going to figure out what I figured out from the beginning and what I assumed other people would have figured out a lot sooner. And that is that the Fed is going to print money indefinitely, that rates can never be normalized and the balance sheet can never shrink. It's going to grow in perpetuity. And, and so now gold is going to resume The rally that was interrupted by the false belief that the Fed could do that. And so now gold is going to get to 5,000. In fact, it's going to go much higher than 5,000. It's just taking longer than I expected because the Fed was able to fool the rest of the world for a lot longer than I expected. See, I made the classic mistake of overestimating the intelligence of everybody else. I should have realized how dumb everybody else was going to be and actually believe that the Fed could do the impossible, actually believe that the Fed could pull the the table out from under the cloth and that all the dishes were going to stay levitated in midair because that's what people believed year after year after year as the price of gold wasn't going up. And so I think, though, because it didn't go up in the past, people are just not paying any attention uh, to it now, but they are going to be completely shocked by how quickly gold is going to go up once it breaks out and how much these gold stocks are going to go up. Look, as I said on my last podcast, it was a pretty big shock to see oil prices at negative forty dollars a barrel, nobody probably ever thought they would see oil at negative forty. And by the way, uh, Monday wasn't the final trading day of that May contract. It traded another day. It traded on yesterday. And the price actually moved back up from negative 40. It got all the way up to like positive 13, $14 a barrel before settling at about 10. So anybody that had the cojones to come in and buy oil at negative you negative know, 30, $35 a barrel to the extent that they could have got in and bought it uh, because they potentially, if you bought it, you better be ready to take delivery if you couldn't get out, uh, but obviously made a pretty good profit. But then the other month I talked about the June, June collapse when I did my podcast on uh monday the june contract was still at uh 20 bucks and i said god how could that be isn't there risk there and the next day it crashed down to 10 bucks now it's back above that now let me see where where june went out 14 and 20 and 20 cents but now i, I apparently they they just introduced uh, options with negative strike prices so now people can actually hedge or bet that the price of oil is going to go negative now you know, will we actually see that again? I don't know. That may have been a once in a lifetime thing. I don't know. I mean, maybe we could repeat it again uh, with this June contract going into expiration. But, you know, now that it's happened once and people are kind of know it could happen, it probably won't. It was when nobody expected it to happen that it actually happened. Well, what nobody is expecting, apparently, is a big move up in the price of gold, you know. And so that's what's going to happen. And of course, People don't realize why the price of gold is going up. It's going up because of all this inflation. But again, nobody can see this inflation. And that's another thing that people like to criticize me for. It's, oh, Peter Schiff was wrong. He's been wrong because he's been predicting inflation for all these years. We've had inflation for all these years. What do you think the Fed's been doing? It's been inflating the money supply. It's been expanding its balance sheet. This is the biggest inflation the world has ever seen.
2: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Traffic jams, tailgating, pile-ups. Oh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right, The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.
0: Now, has it produced the biggest increase in consumer prices? Not yet. It has produced increases. But yes, I expected larger increases. One reason for that is because the CPI is not uh, picking it all up. But even if you take that apart, the, the uh, inflation has been more confined to financial assets, real estate prices, stock prices, bond prices, things like that. It hasn't bled into consumer prices as much as it's going to, right? That is ultimately what is going to happen. Uh, but I haven't been ro- wrong for warning about inflation for the past decade. It's the people who haven't been worried about it. They've been wrong. The ones that have been cheering on the Fed as they keep on printing all this money and they claim we don't have to worry about inflation when we are inflating by definition. It's just that people don't worry about inflation when it makes them feel richer because the uh, the money is, um, is going into their stock accounts, right? When uh, the stock market is going up, people aren't uh, concerned about inflation. But once it starts really making uh, prices go up, uh, then they're going to be concerned. And yes, as I said uh, on Monday, sure, you know some prices are going down right now. You know, yeah, you know, if you don't, you could buy a cheap ticket to Europe, but nobody's going. What difference does it make? You know, it's like you know, I I, I was uh, doing some online shopping. You know, and it's funny. I I <laughs> I put out a tweet the other day. People think I made it up, like it was some kind of joke, but it wasn't. You know, I had there were some uh, short pants. I wear a lot of shorts here in, uh, in Puerto Rico. And so there were some shorts that I like and I saw them on sale and they had my size and oh, I me buy a few of these shorts. And so I bought them and I got a confirmation that I bought these shorts, right? I, they, they, they emailed me back. It was, uh, I bought them on, on, on Nordstrom's rack, right? As a sale site. So I bought these short pants and I got a few colors and they, not only did they tell me I bought them, but I saw the charge go through my credit card, right? So I, I bought them, I got a confirmation and I paid for the shorts. A couple of days later, they sent me an email and they said, oh, you know, we actually can't deliver these shorts. We don't have them. And so we're sorry, but we're just going to give you your money back. So here's your money back. And so I thought that it was funny or ironic because I, I, I thought I was long those shorts, right? I owned them, I bought them, I got a confirmation. So I thought I was long some shorts, uh, but it turned out that I wasn't long. I'm now short a pair of shorts, uh, and it made me think of the gold market. Let me see. I don't you want. Know, my face looks so. I don't know if there's if there's really this much light coming in here. I don't know why there's so much light shining on me today. If this, I don't know how I look on this screen. But anyway, let me get back to this. Um, but um, I thought that this was a perfect uh, a- example, given uh, you know what I spoke about on the podcast on Monday with the, the, the paper gold market and the physical market because if you know you, you own gold futures and you think you own the right to actually have gold or maybe you have uh a an ETF or something like that and you think you have gold. Like I thought I owned a pair of shorts, uh, but they couldn't deliver me the shorts. Well what if uh the shorts in the gold market can't deliver the gold? How might you get settled? Well, they'll just give you some paper, give you, here's your original money back. Well, what about all the profits? Right, I, I, I didn't want my money. I wanted a pair of shorts. I didn't get the shorts. I got my cash. Well, what if I bought some gold and they end up saying, well, you know, we don't have the gold. We told you, you, you bought it, but we don't really have it. So here's your money back. I don't want my money back. I want my gold, right? So the key is if you want gold, go out and buy it don't have a deal with a third party who may not actually have the gold to deliver, uh, make sure that you, that you own your gold. But the point I was going to try to make on the sale is one of the things I notice when you're on these sales sites, you'll see something that's on clearance. Oh, look at this deal. This is 80% off. Let me try to buy this. Oh, here's a pair of shoes that are 80% off, right? And you go on there and yeah, you know, they're 80% off if, if you're a size six or a size uh, 13, Right, I mean, all the normal sizes are gone, right? You, you can't get 11 or 10 and a half or 10, right? So does it matter that the, the price is so low if they don't have my size? Of course not. What difference does it make if the price of something that I'm not buying goes way down? I was making that point yesterday on, um, on oil. I mean, oil's down right now. Gas is cheap, but nobody's buying it. So what difference does it make if the price is something that no one is buying is going down what matters is what's happening to the price of the stuff that we are buying and the price of the stuff that we are buying is going to go way up because of what the the Federal Reserve is doing uh, what the US government is doing and even if it didn't do it in the past decade it is going to make up for it because not only are we going to feel the effects of all the inflation of the past right, QE1, QE2, QE3, all the delayed effects of that inflation, we're going to feel that. But now we're going to feel all the added effects with a much shorter lag of the massive inflation that is going on now. So we'll see if we get an explosive breakout in these gold stocks. They Again, they've doubled in the past uh, month from the lows. Maybe they'll double again in the next month. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what kind of move it takes Before the mainstream even wakes up and starts talking about these stocks, like maybe somebody, you know, should buy these stocks, have somebody come on and, you know, come up with some names, you know, I'm watching all day and nobody's coming out there. They're ignoring this. They're ignoring one of the greatest investment opportunities out there. I mean, you're studying the stock market and you have this one sector that stands out like a sore thumb. This is where people should be investing. You would think that, you know, if you're focused on finding investment opportunities, you would want to highlight this. But it just shows you how little understanding there is uh, out there about what's going to happen in the the mainstream of the investment community. Now, another thing that uh, happened, I think today, or was it last night? But the Senate now has voted to approve the latest bailout bill, uh, the price tag is now up to 484 billion dollars. Remember, I said this was going to happen. So the Republicans wanted to add another 250 billion to the uh, small business loans, the Paycheck Protection Plan, the PPP, because they ran out of money. They initially budgeted 350 uh, billion dollars, and 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 that went like you know hotcakes. And in fact, there's been some. Outraged, you know, about the companies, uh, big companies. Shake Shack apparently is so embarrassed that they took ten million dollars that they're giving the money back. And you know, you might think, hey, isn't that how did Shake Shack even qualify in the first place? I thought you're supposed to have fewer than five hundred employees. Shake Shack has eight thousand employees, publicly traded company. How do they qualify as a small business? Well, apparently, in that industry. You, as long as you have fewer than 500 employees per location, it doesn't matter how many total employees you have. You can have a million, as long as you don't have more than 500 of them in any one location. I mean, look, they don't have 500 people in each Shake Shack restaurant. Maybe each restaurant has 50 people. I don't know. But I wouldn't describe Shake Shack as a small business, yet they got $10 million uh, that they weren't going to have to pay back Right, Because as long as they didn't fire their people, which they probably weren't planning on doing, that's a gift. Why are we giving Shake Shack $10 million? Now, apparently, the bad publicity scared the hell out of them. They didn't want people boycotting their restaurants. right? So they just they, they gave the money back. The problem is they qualified for it in the first place. I, I told everybody listening to this podcast, this was going to be a bonanza. This was going to be a feeding frenzy. In fact, if you actually read the language, uh, in order to qualify, because I looked at it, remember I said, well, maybe I'll just get some money for my companies, Right? I'll just get some ballot money. I'm a small business. I mean, I legitimately am a small business. I don't have any companies that employ 500 people. So I qualify. But in order to get the money, you have to certify uh, that the funds are necessary to support the ongoing operations of your business. Now, personally the way i would read that right is that the funds being necessary to support the ongoing operation of my business would mean that if i didn't have those funds that i couldn't operate my business right that those funds would be the only way that i can save my business without that loan i couldn't operate my business i mean i think that's the intent but of course a lawyer could clearly try to say no that's not what that means i mean it just means that you know we need we need this money to operate the business and if we didn't get it we could get it from some other place like maybe we could just pull it out of our savings account but you know it's necessary to operate the business without having to deplete our savings or maybe hey if we didn't get this money we would have to borrow it legitimately or we'd have to sell stock so we're going to use this money as the necessary money to operate our business instead of other money you see the way I interpreted it when I read it is that do you actually need the money? I mean, yes, you could use the money to make payroll, but do you need it? See, in my circumstances, my income hasn't gone down, right? And my people are working from home, right? So I don't need any of that money. I mean, sure, I'd, I could take it, I, I could have it. Money is fungible. I could use that money to pay my employees and then put, use the money I was going to pay my employees and, and keep it for myself, do something else with it. But I knew I didn't technically need the money. Right, because my business was fine, but I'm sure you've got other Fortune 500 companies, public companies that have access to all sorts of capital that could get money, that are getting this money. There is no way that they need the money, right? Yes, can they use the money? Sure. Who? Everybody could use ten million dollars. Why not? Sure. Billion dollar company. You're going to give me. But somebody had to certify that they needed the money, and without it. The the business couldn't operate, which is all BS. I mean, I think that there's all this fraud. But if you have Fortune 500 companies that are going to certify that they need this money when they clearly don't, right? And they're not going to be prosecuted. Is anybody going to be prosecuted? No, right? If a company with a big spotlight can lie and say, we need this money when obviously they don't technically need it, there are all sorts of ways that publicly traded companies big multi-billion dollar companies can get money, right? They can tap into the public markets. They can sell bonds. They can sell stock they, or just have the cash. But if these big companies can BS a certification and claim that this money is necessary, then anybody can make that claim. I mean, I can make the claim too. There is nobody who cannot claim that they need this money And how the government could say, well, that was fraud if these Fortune 500 companies are getting the money and they clearly have other means of, 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 you know, funding the operation of their business. Uh, So this is a giant, uh, a giant uh, fraud. But they ran out of that $350 billion initially. And so the Republicans wanted another $250 billion and a clean bill for $250 billion. And the Democrats said, no, 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 no. We want to load it up with some more pork, uh, even though the whole bill is pork. They just didn't think it was porky enough. And so they wanted more of it. And the Republicans were like, no, no, this is terrible. We're not going to do this. Well, what happened? Exactly what I said was going to happen is that Donald Trump made a deal with the Democrats in Congress, with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and that whole crew. And they decided to incorporate much of the additional pork barrel spending, money for the state governments, money for the hospitals, or money for testing, whatever it is, it's a grab bag of money. And so now the bill is not 250 billion, but 484 billion. It's almost twice as big. And now the Senate passed it, the Republican Senate, and the amount of money that's going to small businesses has been upped. The original bill was 250 billion, Instead, it's $320 billion. So when uh, Donald Trump got in a room with the Democrats, he agreed to all this extra money that the Democrats wanted, but threw in a little extra money for the Republicans. So we got the worst of both. We got more spending on what the Republicans wanted, and we got more spending on what the Democrats wanted. The deficits be damned. The cost of government be damned. And I said this from the beginning, even before coronavirus. You go back and look at some of the commentaries I wrote I warned that Donald Trump was going to work with the Democrats to be a massive big spender. And, you know, if Trump wasn't president right now, if Hillary Clinton was president, this might not have passed. Because if the Republicans had the Senate, they could have stood united and blocked it, right? Because if there was a Democrat in the White House, the Republicans might have had some balls, right? And they could have said, we're not going to approve this massive deficit spending. And they could have stood united against a Democratic House and a Democratic president and protected the country from this legislation. But because the president is a Republican, the president can now get enough Senate Republicans to go along with the Senate Democrats. So even if you get a majority of Republicans who don't like this bill... It's not going to stop it because you're going to have enough Republicans who are going to stand behind a Republican president. They want to support their president. So when you have a big government uh, president like Trump, who's pretending to be a Republican, you're going to get this type of massive government spending. And that's exactly what I warned about long before anybody ever heard about the coronavirus.
2: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket?
0: But so now we have this 480, 484 billion dollar additional plan. This is not the end of it. There's more coming. But now this, all this money is just going to get printed, and it's just going to get spent, and none of it is going to help the economy. All of it is going to help the price of gold. It's going to help these gold stocks. I mean, these guys again are clueless. They cannot see the most obvious trade that's probably ever been teed up uh and, and 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 no one is taking advantage of it. And again, I think it's because they don't think it worked. Oh, gold didn't go up last time. All those gold bugs were wrong. We weren't wrong. We were right. And the price of gold has gone up. Remember, the people who were convinced that the the Fed could normalize interest rates and shrink his balance sheet, you go back to where they thought the price of gold was going to be. See, I was saying gold was going to go to 5,000. Well, you had a lot of experts on CNBC who were saying 1,000, 800, 700, 500, 300. How wrong were those guys? They want to rub it in my face that gold isn't 5,000. Find the guys who are predicting three hundred. Those guys are still coming on. Tell them how wrong they were for thinking gold was going to 300. Why did they think that? Well, because they thought the Fed was going to normalize rates and shrink the balance sheet. They were dead wrong about that. I was 100% right on my my forecast that the Fed would be unable to do either of those two things, which everybody else thought they would do. And we're a lot closer to 5,000 percentage-wise, really, then 300 or 500, any of these crazy lowball numbers. At least I got the direction right, right? I thought gold was going up. Yes, it hasn't gone up as much as I thought it was going to go up as quickly. But now it's going to go up even more. But meanwhile, you know, everybody still wants to, you know, play the the bubble that's popped. You know, look for these, look for the stocks to buy the same stocks that worked before. Meanwhile, look at the multiples now, the valuation of the S&P 500 is off the charts uh, because the price is really not down very much since the peak, but earnings have imploded and we're about to find out just how big an implosion it was. But I also think that a lot of people are about to be very disappointed uh, because people think that, you know, the economy is like a light switch, just turn it on, turn it off. We're about to see that that light switch doesn't work because you have some of these states now, like Georgia uh, is about to reopen up a lot of businesses that have been closed, right? Georgia's going to open back up restaurants. They're going to open up movie theaters, uh, bowling alleys, uh, gyms. Uh, You know, there there, there are some that they're still not opening. Uh, They're not opening bars, you know. But there are a number of businesses that are going to be reopened. And what I think the risk is, is that they reopen these businesses, but people don't show up. I mean, why would you? I mean, I think that we've really scared the, you know, the, the hell out of so many people about the coronavirus. The minute they say, okay, everybody can go to a movie theater, how many people are going to want to go? I mean, who's going to want to be the first person to go? I mean, I would think at a minimum, people would say, you know, I'm going to stay away from those movie theaters, stay away from the restaurants. Let me give it a few weeks or a month and see, see what happens. Let's see if people get sick or not. I mean, I'm going to wait. I don't want to be the guinea pig, right? I want to just wait. And of course, if everybody has that attitude, they don't want to be the first one back. They want to wait and let other people test the waters before they make a decision. Well, then no one's going out. And I think the same thing is going to happen nationally. But the other problem is, let's say the government says, okay, you can reopen your restaurant. Good luck. getting your employees back to work. I mean, you got people that are making twice what they used to make, being unemployed as they made working, and you know, I'm, I'm, I imagine, you know, I haven't really worked in a restaurant, but I mean, it can't be that fun a job. I mean, can't be that, uh, you know, uh, personally satisfying and rewarding. Uh, I'm sure most people, if they can make even the same money, not working as working, they would just assume not show up, especially if you're just like doing the dishes. In the back, you're not even, you know, you're just washing dishes all day. I mean, I don't think that's an emotionally uh, satisfying, intellectually stimulating job. Who the hell wants to do that job? You only do that job to get paid. Well, if you can get paid the same or more without doing the job, that's what you're going to do. So how are a lot of these entrepreneurs going to get their workers to come back to work? Even if the customers want to come, the workers aren't going to want to come. Now, I know a lot of people say, well, but they wouldn't technically be unemployed. Yeah, they are. Remember. They're allowed not to work because they can say, "I'm staying. I'm taking care of my kids. My kids aren't in school, or I got a relative that's sick, or you got all kinds of reasons now that you could just blame it on the coronavirus, and you don't have to go back to work, even if your boss wants you to go. You can continue to claim that you're unemployed and keep collecting that money. So none of this is going to work. These attempts to restart the economy, and so that is going to be, I think, a a big negative uh, for for the markets because they're going to see uh, on a state by state basis that this isn't working. And so if it's not working on a state by state basis, then it's not going to be working on a national basis. And so that could be another catalyst to push the stock market lower. Right? Because you know, everybody has been betting uh, on this recovery, and I think they're betting wrong. As I said on the last podcast, the only thing the stock market has going for it is the Fed. That's it. This rally is 100% made by the Fed, which is all the more reason to understand that the market is, is much more bullish for gold stocks and gold. Because if the only thing driving the markets is inflation and money printing, which businesses benefit the most from that? right it is the gold businesses the gold mining business right if that's the only reason if the only reason the markets are going up is because of inflation right and i'm talking about real inflation right which is money printing right if printing money if massive budget deficits massive money printing qe infinity right the government dropping money from helicopters and backstopping every market if that is the only reason that stocks are going up right Earnings are imploding, the economy is imploding, yet stocks are going up anyway because despite all this, the Federal Reserve is printing all that money. If that's the only reason that stocks are going up, then which stocks should you be buying? The gold stocks because this is the perfect environment for gold. So the stocks that will benefit the most from what the Fed is doing are gold stocks. Yet those are the stocks that nobody seems to recognize or understand are going to be the beneficiaries, which is another reason why people are about to be completely shocked uh, by how big the rally is. And I know, unfortunately, there are some people who bailed out on their gold stocks. Obviously, when gold stocks got clobbered last month, uh, that was because people were selling. And there were a lot of people, even some people who were bulls on gold, right? They were saying, you know what? We're you know, Even though I think gold's going to go up, I'm going to sell these gold stocks because you know, I'm worried about the stock market going down and these gold stocks are going to get dragged down with the stock market or they were saying that the coronavirus is going to disrupt mining and so I'm going to sell my gold stocks. What was I saying on this podcast? That anybody selling their gold stocks for those reasons was making a huge mistake. But the fact that even gold bulls were throwing in the towel on gold stocks, what better contrarian indicator did one need, right? Even the people who were bullish on gold were too afraid to buy gold stocks because they were worried that gold stocks were going to follow the market lower. Now, I didn't think they would continue lower. I thought the lows were in uh, for the gold stocks. But you know what? It didn't matter if they went down because they weren't going to stay down. What difference does it make if stocks that you have no intention of selling go down before they go up? It doesn't matter. You know, I, I had another unfortunate conversation today with a client who liquidated his entire account uh, in March, in mid-March. And for some reason, I never got to talk to this guy. I mean, I had most brokers, if they have a client that wants to you know, make this kind of mistake, I generally uh, intervene, I get a chance to talk to the client and try to talk him out of a bad decision. In this case, for whatever reason, I never got a chance to talk to the guy, so he just made the bad decision. And I, I talked to him, I said, look, you know, you just gotta you know you just gotta bite the bullet and buy back the stocks you sold, even though they're twenty percent higher about. I mean, you never should have got out. But you know, in talking to the guy, the the reason he wanted to get out was because he was concerned that the market was going down. So well, who cares? He's like, Well, I wanted to get out and just wait for uh, the dust to settle. I wanted to wait. Yeah, I didn't want to have all this volatility. Well, all right. So you wait for the dust to settle. You wait till nobody's nervous anymore. You wait till nobody is panicking and selling stocks. And then you want to buy them back in. Well, obviously the price will be much higher. What, what is the point of selling your stocks to just wait to buy them back at a higher price? I mean, just hold on to them. I mean, why sell them and buy them back at a higher price? Now, I know people are afraid. Well, but they might go to a lower price first. What difference does it make? I mean, I've rarely seen, right, when stocks are dropping and people panic and get out, they rarely get back in at a price that's lower than where they get out, even if the stocks go lower initially because they're, they're just glad they sold, right? You sell your stock, or let's say you sell a stock at 10. It was, it was at 15, and it goes to 10, and then you sell, and then it goes to 8. You're not buying it back. You're like, God, I'm glad I sold at ten. I'd be down another two dollars, right? So you don't buy it back at eight. Then it goes to seven. Whoo! I'm really glad that I got out, right? Next thing you know, it's at twelve. They didn't buy it back. Now it's at twelve. Well, you know, it's volatile. They don't do anything. Then it goes to fifteen. All right, let me wait. I'll wait for it to go back to ten. I'll get back in. Then it goes to eighteen. You know, by the time they buy it, even if they buy a pullback, maybe they buy a pullback from eighteen to fifteen. That's 50% higher than where they sold it. But of course, what may happen is they never buy it back. I think that's what's going to happen, unfortunately, to some gold people. I mean, not if I have anything to do about it, but there are going to be people who sat on these gold stocks for years and years and years. They threw in the towel last month, and they're never going to buy back because they're never going to get a chance to buy back anywhere near where they got out. They got out at such ridiculously low prices, right? And so they're just going to watch. Uh, as a spectator, uh, as these stocks go up. And of course, it's happening with other stocks, not just gold stocks, but not you know, on as a, a big a move, right? All the stocks have recovered from those lows. They just haven't recovered as much as gold stocks. In fact, most gold stocks, now the big ones, have now made 52-week highs. They're making seven-year highs. But if you look at these charts and you just you know, look at a monthly chart, even though these stocks are at seven-year highs, they're still near the lows, that's how beat up these stocks have been since 2011. So I think we're going to catch up to those 2011 highs very, very quickly. You know, before most people on Wall Street really start buying any gold stocks, they're going to be paying all-time highs on these, on these big stocks. Uh, the good news is, though, there's still, there's still room. There's still some room. If you act quickly, you can get money in. Uh, you can get into, you know, my gold fund, the Europe Pacific Gold Fund, uh, you can buy individual names if you want. You can have a separately managed account that we're managing. And even, you know, even some of my other funds, my value fund, my dividend fund, uh, these funds have allocations to gold stocks, a small allocation, but even a small allocation when you have gold stocks doing this well. And they've barely, this is just the beginning. I think gold stocks, you know, there's a lot more upside to go. I mean, we're barely, barely getting started. Even though we've doubled, we doubled from an insanely low price. Again, look at a long-term chart. We are so much closer to the lows, the bear market lows, than the last bull market highs. So you've got a long way to go just to make new highs. And we're not going to stop at new highs. We're going much, much further. Because as I said earlier in this podcast, nobody is going to believe that the Fed has an exit strategy like they did in 2011. Nobody is going to believe that the Fed is going to go back to normal on interest rates. We will never go back to normal. That's impossible. And I don't even think the Fed is going to pretend that that's even possible. That's the only reason. It was the false belief that the Fed could do the impossible that gold sold off. That's what kept the dollar from collapsing because people believed something that could never happen was going to happen. Well, they're not going to believe it next time and the Fed isn't even going to try to pretend that it can do something that it so obviously cannot do. So this time, you're not going to have a ceiling on the price of gold like we had before, right? This time, there isn't going to be a floor underneath the dollar like we had before. The, the bottom is going to drop out of the dollar and that means gold is going to go through the roof and a lot of people who have been saying, oh, Peter Schiff was wrong because he was saying gold was going to go to 5,000, Yeah, because it go to 10,000. It's going a lot higher. And that's fine. people could think I'm wrong all they want. Meanwhile, in order to believe that I'm wrong, you have to ignore all of the things over the last 10 years that I've gotten right. All the things that I thought would drive gold to 5,000. All those things have happened, right? All the things that people who thought the price of gold was going to go down, none of those things have happened, right? So I got all the stuff right, Yet the price of gold hasn't moved up yet. And people think, aha, but because the price of gold hasn't got up, I must have got everything wrong. But no, all the things that I thought would happen to drive the price of gold have actually happened on a bigger scale than I thought. So it's going to happen. It's just happening a few years later than I thought. And it simply means that more people have the opportunity to take advantage of what's about to happen.